This episode of Beyond Your Why is brought to you by our Why app. Head over to whyinstitute.com to take the Why app so you can discover your why today. Knowing your why is the essential first step in having the clarity to move forward faster and have a bigger impact. Welcome to Beyond Your Why podcast, where we go beyond just talking about your why and actually helping you discover and then live your why. And if you're a regular listener, you know that every week I talk about a particular why, one of the nine whys, define the why for you, and then bring on somebody that has that why. And so this week, we are going to be talking about the why of contribute, right? To contribute to a greater cause, make a difference, add value, or have an impact in the lives of other people. So people with this why, they feel compelled to be part of a greater success. They don't necessarily want to be the cause, but they want to simply participate and offer their contribution. They love to support and relish the success of the greater good, the company, the team, or whatever the cause might be. You will often find them behind the scenes looking for ways to make the world a better place. You may also find them in more of a public forum, like trumpeting a movement or a message. People with this why are go-to people, the ones you look for when you need help with just about anything. They're the ones that use their time, their money, their energy, and their connections to help other people do better. So today, I'm excited to bring this guest to you because I've participated in some of his work and his courses, and they've helped me to become a better speaker. And so my guest today is Colin Boyd. Now, Colin helps experts, course creators, and coaches to speak confidently on stage to sell. Without coming across pushy or salesy, he's obsessed with creating step-by-step strategies that anyone can follow to become both confident and powerful at speaking and selling on live stage, webinar, and video. As a keynote speaker for over 10 years, he brings a depth of experience that few have to have to entertain and also move an audience to action. He's best known for Sell from the Stage Academy, which is the leading program for growing your business through speaking. He now lives in Newport Beach, California, and you're going to hear his accent so you'll know that he's not from Newport Beach. He lives there with his amazing wife and two little kids. Colin, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Appreciate the intro. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So, so you help speakers become more effective. Is that right? Yeah, like, and it's not just speakers. It is, I mean, if I'm working with a speaker, a professional speaker, it's uh, one of the unique things that I love contributing to, to use your word, uh, (laughs) is, is helping them to hone not just their speaking skills, it's their speaking so that they sell what they do that leads on to more work that leads on to being able to contribute more to the to the organization they're working with or however that looks and so if i'm working with a speaker it's to help them to get that sharper edge of persuasion in their messaging but it could be it could be a course creator it could be a coach it's anyone who really wants to get on a stage or a webinar and speak in a way that sells so how did you get into this give us a little of your background Yeah, so I started out in uh, training and development and I was working for a large corporation, uh, really enjoying running workshops inside a, you know, like a big corporate. And I remember sitting at my desk one day and my, uh, my boss came over to me and she handed me an orange envelope 
And I remember looking at it and I could feel the energy changing in the room. Uh, and she brought me into her office and just said, basically, the whole, the whole uh, organization was in a bit of a tough spot and uh, our whole department was being made redundant. And so from there, I was studying life coaching at the time. I was doing a diploma of life coaching, which I was just fascinated with and human behavior, et cetera, and uh, started working as a life coach. And I kind of was struggling, to be honest, to really get clients. I had like one client at the time and it was really inconsistent. Uh, but I had this big dream of making a difference. And um, what happened was I got a referral to a speaking uh, opportunity. It was a free presentation. And this was a referral that was given to me from a friend. And I remember arriving the night. It was literally a dark and stormy night. I turned up with my amazing wife, Sarah. And uh, we're walking up the stairs and the event organizer comes up to me and says, Colin, you wouldn't believe it. Like we've got the biggest event turnout we've ever had. And for me, that was like bad news <laughs> because, because I was so scared, so nervous. I think I was like 27 at the time. And so I was like a little kid. And uh, I turn up and there was like 137 people in the room. And I've still got video of it. <laughs> It's hilarious. And uh, I, I gave my best talk ever uh, that I could muster up. And at the end, I made an offer. And from 137 people, 125 of them gave me their personal details to follow up with doing some work with them. And I remember thinking, wow, this is phenomenal. First of all, I had an instant database. And then from there, I did a bunch of discovery sessions, kind of like introductory coaching sessions and filled my coaching practice from that one speaking gig, I had like 12 coaching clients and then HP called me two days later and signed me up for their um, global, global conference. And so that for me was like this revelation of, mm. wow, it, how can almost in one night, my entire trajectory of my business change? And that was when I just became obsessed with this idea of speaking. And I didn't know that I was speaking in a way that sold and then made an offer but it just kind of, I did that by accident at the start. And then I gradually learned how to do that in a more uh, conscious way. Uh, and that's kind of led me onto what I'm doing now. So how did you learn to sell uh, on the stage? I mean, somebody's listening to this, they're a speaker, they get up to talk, you know, but they don't get any traction. They're trying to be interesting, but not really able to sell anything. How did you, how were you able to sell right off the bat? Yeah, I think for me, uh, I just, I knew that the speaking opportunity was something that wasn't, it wasn't just about the speaking opportunity, it was about what it would lead to. And I think if you view speaking, whether that be a live presentation or, or even a webinar, any sort of platform, this is previous, I mean, for me, this was previous to webinars being, you know, used much and, and even before Facebook Live, all that sort of stuff, which are all like a stage in some level. And so for me, my my speaking was i mean i grew up in in church i grew up going to youth group and so speaking to you know small groups of kids and things like that was something that i would do on a friday night and i did really enjoy it but it always used to still freak me out um and then i guess how i, I mean it was just through trial and error when mm -hmm. i think about it you know i've been a, a paid professional speaker for about 12 years and 
and my first paid gig with Hewlett Packard, what happened was I, uh, I basically, the, I, the, I got a phone call and I was standing on the steps of a hotel and the guy said, hey, you know, I loved your presentation the other night. That was the one I referred to originally. And he said, hey, we've got a presentation, uh, a workshop coming up. Would you, would you contribute and would you come and speak to it? And I said, oh, I'd love to. And he said, oh, how much are you? And I, I'd never quoted a fee before I gave my fee. And then he said, oh, um, you know, that sounds great. Can you talk for two hours? And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'll talk for two hours. And then right at the end, I said, oh, how many, how many people are going to be at the, at the engagement? And he said, oh, there, there'll probably be about five, five and a half thousand employees. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> at that moment, I almost physically died. <laughs> Um, but I mean, HP ended up being a client for like 10 years, but for me, it was this idea of, wow, that speaking could lead to more speaking, speaking could lead to coaching, speaking could lead to digital course selling. And so that was when I really became obsessed about what's the difference between speaking to just entertain and speaking to actually sell. And I think the new economy of speaking is that, and, and what we, what we've seen a lot, especially in like the 1980s. The 90s, you get these like speakers coming through and they get and they're really pushy. Um, it's like the classic like car salesman speaking. And, th and that is like for me, that's the enemy of the type of speaking that I want to teach people. And I use this philosophy, this term, which which you, you know, you learned through through my program, which is infusion selling. And infusion selling is where you provide value, but you also infuse certain aspects throughout the presentation that at the end people really feel like they got value and they're like how do i get more from you and so that that infusion selling is kind of the term that i've given i've i've coined as speaking in a way that sells i love that and i i know when i was in your course and I was listening, I, I was expecting, to be honest, Colin, I was expecting to hear the same thing that I had heard everywhere from other speaker coaches, from other uh, speaking um, organizations. I was expecting to hear the same thing. And it was far from it. You have your own way of connecting, your own terminology that made more sense than any of the other ones that I had attended. And it was uh, really, really helpful. So for those of you on this, listening to this podcast that are doing any kind of speaking, I can tell you that uh, uh, Colin's process is very, very effective. And how would you describe your process? I mean, what, what, when people say, so what do you do? How do you answer? <laughs> I usually say I, I help people to speak on stage uh, in a way that sells. Yeah. And, and so the process at the core of it is realizing there's two shifts that you need to make to be able to speak in a way that sells. The first shift is realizing, and, and by the way, this is all tied to, you know, you gave me my, that word of the why, my contribute word. It's yep. all tied to contribute. Like, watch this. It's crazy. It is, <laughs> the first shift is that, that speaking is selling. And if you view it as any other thing, then you're not going to sell what you do and it's not going to lead to more speaking. And so what I mean by that is because people say to me like, oh, well, speaking is entertainment. Well, yes, it is. It is that as well. Speaking is education. Well, yes, it is that as well. But if you don't view speaking as selling, what will happen is, and, I, and I've fallen into this mistake as well, 
is that if I've just viewed it as education, people get educated, but then it doesn't lead to anything. And, and there's like almost like a different energy. And so when you, the first shift is that speaking is selling. And if you look at selling at its most integrate level, selling is not getting someone to do something that they don't want to do. Selling is understanding who you're talking to at its most deepest level. And from that, that, that empathy, you communicate in a way that they need to hear the message and providing them an option or a solution that can quite literally transform their life or take them to where they want to go. And so that is such a beautiful process. If you view selling as that, as opposed to, you know, the classic car salesman, you know, getting, selling some sort of dodgy car that's not going to work and, and something that they want to do. So the first shift is that speaking is selling. The second shift is that selling is serving, or you could say selling is contribution. Mm -hmm. And so for me, selling is the best way that you can contribute. And so, you know, I think about like any of your, like I haven't think about your services, Gary, which, and you've just got such a beautiful piece of IP mm -hmm. around your why, your why model and the nine whys. Like it's such a beautiful piece of IP. And I'm thinking like you coming into keynote for an organization, if you don't speak in a way that sells where they go far out, we need to get Gary in to run our entire organization through this whole thing and like get all of our leaders tied into this and, and so forth. It's almost like you're kind of giving the organization a disservice if you don't sell them on that idea. Does that make sense? That's a perfect way to think of it. Yeah. If they don't buy what I'm offering, they're losing out. Yes. And so there's that so much integrity on it for me with my, you know, self from stage Academy if, if I meet a speaker, if I meet a coach and they don't learn how to speak in a way that sells, then I genuinely feel like they're missing out on serving more people and contributing on a greater level. And so that when you feel that level of integrity around your IP and that level of integrity around what you do, selling becomes serving. It's not about pushing. It's not about getting someone to do something they don't want to do. It's actually about contributing on a greater level. Wow, I really like that. That that definitely frames it a lot differently than, hey, I'm going to get up here and you know be entertaining, be interesting. I'm going to try to try to wow the audience and then see if I can throw in a quick close at the end. Yes, and that's one of the biggest mistakes that people do is that when they try to sell from stage, is they sell at the end. Biggest mistake you can make. How should when, we do it? Well, how you should do it is you have to view the whole thing as the sell. And when I say sell is there's still a lot of value. And so what happens is there's this, there's this tension and the tension that, that I talk about when, when we're talking about content and I've got this quadrant, it's kind of like, I mean, if you visualize in your head, there is entertainment or engagement on one, one spectrum, and then there's conversion on the other spectrum. And so what people tend to fall into, it's usually like one of two camps is like, they're really entertaining, but they don't convert people into the next thing. Well, or they get conversions, but they really were not entertaining or providing much value. And so people join their programs, but they get a lot of refunds and things like that because they haven't really provided the value or they get bad feedback on their presentation or on their speech. And they just say, 
people will say, oh, I just felt like a sales pitch. And so the, the combination of the two, which is what I call irresistible selling or irresistible content, is when you can get this beautiful um, connection of value and entertainment and then also conversion. So at the end, they, you know, they'll come up to you and say, wow, how, how can we keep working with you even if you don't sell something? Um, can I share an example of that? Yes. So now the example of that was um, uh, there was a guy who's, uh, who I know, he runs a fairly large event. Um, he sells to digital marketers. And I, he asked me to come and speak at his event. He had like 300 people in the audience. And I spoke on this idea of speaking in a way that sells. And so, and there was no pitch, like there's no pitch at all. There was, it wasn't even an opt in of like, so no content upgrade. And I got off the stage and I had a line of people up after like straight up after the presentation, I had a woman, the first woman comes up to me. She physically gives me her credit card, like physically gives it in my hand. And she goes, I don't know what you sell, Colin, but I'm, I, I just need to buy something from you. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that for me, that is the response that I want people to get. And it's not even about, uh, see, this is the thing as well as people will say like, oh, but it's not about the money. The money, like her giving me her physical credit card is a symbol of her saying that she is ready to exchange something of worth that she has, which is her money, because the value in that, in that presentation was so high and it created so much desire for her that she was like, I'm willing to exchange value for something that you have. Mm, I like that. Yeah. You know what I've noticed, what, what I noticed while I was uh, part of your program was that well, when I compare that to other speak to sell, if you will, type programs is in the other programs, I noticed they were speaking to me to sell me something. Whereas you taught me how to do the, your process, but didn't try to hit me up every other, you know, conversation for something else to buy. Yes. I don't know how to articulate that very well, but I, I didn't feel like you, I felt like you were actually taking an interest in me and wanting me to do better versus wanting to just give me enough so that you can sell me on something else. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And so for me, um, cause I think about this, and uh, this is great if you're a speaker, and uh, this is one of the shifts that we talked about in the program um, that you're probably familiar with, Gary, is the idea of that, um, that speaking, like when you speak, you can inspire someone, but when you sell them into your actual program or, or they join your program, that's when you can truly change, change their life. And I mean, Gary, you were a part of my, like my signature process. So my goal was to literally provide content that can change your life. And, and I know that, you know, you're invited to the, the live event and all that sort of stuff. For me, it was like, how do I just contribute on such a massive level and give you every single piece of practical advice that I could ever give you that's applicable to this context so that you can truly change your life. And so for me, this, there's like a cell that, start, that, that, is, um, that is done at the start. And then once you join, I'm giving you literally every single thing that you need to get to the level that you need to get to. And then, the, you know, there will always be another level that you can go to, but it's like, 
that it definitely isn't scarcity in terms of what what we're providing so that that's a cool kind of mindset to have as well which is a contribution mindset yes it is so what are the what are the biggest mistakes that you see speakers making today biggest mistakes i see them making today um when they don't sell yeah when they don't sell i think some of the biggest mistakes that people make is, I mean, I mentioned one before is, is like, if they, if they do sell, it's selling at the end, not realizing that the whole presentation is built around a sell. I think one of them is, is uh, not understanding their audience well enough. And so one of the tickets to actually getting on the stage and you do this so well because of built around your IP is, is where you don't tailor at least the introduction and the, and the, the context of your presentation to the audience. And so the ticket to getting on the stage is that you're relevant. And so if you're not answering that question of like, how are you relevant to them right now? How are you relevant? If you're not answering that question in the first five minutes of being on stage, then you really shouldn't be on stage. And so like, that's a big one. And for, for us, we use the audience psychology map, which is really understanding what are the driving forces of the audience's psychology around the context of the topic that you're discussing. And so when you can speak to them in their own words, which is what you said to me before, you were like, you want to speak back to people, the words that they use. If you can speak back to them in the first five minutes, the words that they're using and enter the psychology that they're using, they're going to be like, wow, this person really gets me, which is the foundation of, of creating rapport. And from rapport, that leads to likability, likability leads to trust. And then obviously you've got to show you credibility and then that can lead to actually um, creating a sale. Um, that's, that's one. Another one is just, is really viewing a keynote as just an entertaining and an inspirational piece where your keynote, your presentation should be a, that's helping them. Oh, this is a big one. This is a big one is that the, the focus of a keynote, from my perspective, should be encouraging people and getting people to a point where they make a decision that they're going to go after that change in their life. And so what I mean by that is, I, there is no way on earth I can provide a transformational, like, like life transformational experience in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. I can help them to make a decision a congruent decision to start going after that area of their life. But the level of IP that I have, and I don't know for you, the level of IP you have to, to do 45 minutes and to cover everything is impossible. And so 45 minutes for me is about helping them to make a congruent motivated decision to really go after that area of their life. And then the next steps is all of the how and the practical, and that's the implementation program. And so one of the biggest mistakes I think that speakers make is view, they're, trying to, they're trying to do everything in 45 minutes rather than viewing it as helping someone to make a congruent decision to move forward in that area. So give us an example of that. What do you mean by encouraging them to make a decision to do something about their problem? What has to happen for that to happen? And, and what would be kind of an example of that? Yeah. So what has to happen for someone to make a congruent decision are two things. It, you need to create desire, desire for what you do. So a desire for the vehicle that you're providing. And you need to 
reframe the resistance pieces or the wrong beliefs that people have about the topic. And so the desire is you need to really create in them a tension where they are, are yeah, desiring the outcome that you're talking about and the results that you can see in their life. And the second thing is it's kind of like taking the handbrake off. If you're asking your clients to put their foot on the accelerator while the handbrake's on, they're not going to go anywhere. And the resistance pieces is basically going, what are the resistances or the misbeliefs that people have about the topic I'm talking about? And then reframing those misbeliefs and realizing that that is actual value in itself. Because when you reframe misbeliefs that people have about a topic, it actually releases them to think about your topic with more clarity, with more precision and with more relevance for them. And so sometimes people only value how. So they'll say, oh, give me all the how, Gary, or give me all the how, Colin. And so people think that how is the only value that they can create. But at the start, if you provide all of the how without helping them to create absolute desire for the topic and then reframing the misbeliefs, what's going to happen is, is nothing. What I mean by that is, I don't know about you, Gary, have you, uh, you probably have people say, hey, can we catch up? I'd love to pick your brain. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, they're not, they're not willing to pay any money. They're not willing to like really commit to anything. And you catch up with them for an hour. And I used to do this back in the day. You would catch up with it for, for an hour. You, you would, you know, provide verbal vomit, give them as every single thing that you know, all the practicals, all the how, and you catch up with them like two weeks later. How'd you go? And they're like, oh, I haven't really got around to doing anything. And it's like, <laughs> awesome. So the reason why they haven't done anything is because they haven't made a congruent decision yet to really go after that area of their life. And so what I mean by that is, is that the purpose of a presentation or a keynote or a webinar should be facilitating an environment for the people in the audience to have just a monster desire for the topic that they didn't have before and to reframe the beliefs and then provide enough how where they can take some first little steps, but there should be a lot more steps that they can take um, further on from them. So if you provide the how, it actually comes back to your model. If you provide the how before they know the why mm -hmm. and the what, they're actually not going to implement the how. Ah, I like that. Can you give, so I'm listening to this, I'm a speaker, uh, I'm, a, I'm a sell on webinars and I'm trying to put this together and I'm thinking, okay, I need to create desire for my product. What does that look like? Give us a, maybe a, a couple of tips or a couple of words that or sentences or phrases that, that would be used in order to create that desire. Mm. So there are, for me, there are nine infusion techniques. Let me give you like a few of them and this, this will help you to, to, to utilize that. So one of the infusion selling techniques is creating identity tension. So identity tension is when you're describing in a clear way what a successful person looks like in your specific area 
and what an unsuccessful person looks like in your specific area. And so what you're wanting to do is really great experts, really great thought leaders, content creators understand that you are not selling a program. You're actually selling an identity. And this is what, this is why Apple is so successful because they don't sell computers. They sell an identity. So when you buy a, a MacBook, you enter the identity of Mac as opposed to just having like a, a PC. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. Like Harley Davidson, same thing, right? 100%. Yeah. You're not the buying most, a motorcycle, you're buying a, a culture and you're being part of the, the outcasts or whatever. Yes. And so the most successful thought leaders when they speak, they articulate an identity and that, that could just simply be like, these are the characteristics of someone who knows their why. These are the characteristics of someone who doesn't know their why. And so when you create this like tension identity, this is going to build massive desire for what you do. And then, what, and then when you go to actually talk about your program, you, you, inf you actually mention the identity of a successful person and you tie that to your program and then all of a sudden they're not buying a program. They're leaning into the identity that they want. That will create massive because people don't want to buy programs. They don't want to buy the products. They want to buy an outcome or a transformation. They want to buy an identity. Gotcha. Does that make sense? For sure. It does. Like I don't really want to buy a, online program. I don't even really want to go to a live event. I want to be a damn good speaker so that when I get up on stage, I can sell, uh, I can move people forward to having a better future for themselves, but I'm not so interested in the, the program or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so people get caught up in the actual program itself, like, cause they, Oh. They kind of get obsessed about their own program, but no one cares about your program. All they, <laughs> all they care about is who will they become? And, and watch this magic as well, is when you describe that identity to them and they really identify with that, um, when you describe that identity, like they are going to... So what you do is when you're actually mentioning your program right at the end, you ask who is that person and help them to make a decision from that identity. Because if they make a decision from the old identity, they're going to produce the same results they've always been seeing. But if they, if they make a decision from the new identity, the future identity, that is the only way that they can produce different results. And so when they, and, they, and you can ask them, what would that future identity decide right now? Like what would be the decision that that future identity would decide? Cause this is the only way that you can move forward. And so when you, when they, when they embody that new identity for them, if it's a right decision for them and it aligns with where they want to go, your program is the vehicle for getting to that identity. Mm, love that. You know, you're just giving me such a different way of seeing what it is I'm doing when I'm speaking. Uh, and it makes a lot more sense to, to be able to have a bigger impact. You know, whether that's selling something, whether that's having them join my cause, whether that's having them buy my product or service, right? Having a bigger impact really is the fun part. 
Absolutely. Having a bigger impact is the, I mean, that's where the magic happens. So, yeah. which is the, you know, the keynote, the speaking engagement inspires you, but you haven't come here to just inspire people. You've come to change their lives. And that for me, when I sit down with a big corporation, even, I, I mean, I don't do as much big corporate speaking now, uh, but I still do a, occasionally. I was just literally, I'm just negotiating one at the moment, but I'll sit down with the decision maker. I'm talking with a big corporate at the moment and they've got a hundred of their top leaders coming, flying into the country. And I'm like, look, we can do this training and this is going to be great. It's going to really inspire them. It's going to motivate them, et cetera. But I'm not there to inspire them. I, I want to change their lives. I want to fundamentally change the performance of your leaders in their organization. So this is what it would look like to do that. And then we talk about the online implementation program that goes along with that. And so when I come in with that intention, they feel that. They, they, they feel the, 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 like the trueness of that intention and the intensity of that. And then they buy into it. And then all of a sudden, I know for me as a speaker, not only do I, you know, obviously get to speak to them at the event, but then I get to change their lives through the online program on the back end of it. It's a leveraged opportunity for me. So I, I can obviously make more money, but also I get to do it without actually going into the organization and I get to make a bigger impact. So it's like a win-win for everyone. Wow, I love that. I love that. Now you've got an, a, a live event coming up, correct? Yes. So, I mean, that's for self from stage Academy. Absolutely. It's a part of the program. And so uh, when is that? Is that open to people that have not taken the, the course or is it, or been part of the program or is it just for people that have taken the program? It's only, so for me, the program you bought, the program that people join is the self from stage Academy, the online program. The live event is the bonus event that you can come along to um, and experience it in the room. So if people are interested, they can go to um, selffromstageacademy.com and all the kind of information's there and the wait list, but it only opens up at, at specific times of the year. So um, yeah, so it's not open to the general public unless they join the actual whole program community, but it's all, it's all one big experience. For me, it's not about just an online program. It's about a full encompassing experience to really shift your thinking, your emotions, your beliefs, etc., and your practices, your habits. And so it's a whole encompassing experience. Okay. So, so let me, this is what happens to me. And I'm curious if this happens to you just this week, I was speaking at an event in, uh, up in Seattle, right outside of Seattle. And I, I have the presentation that I'm thinking I'm doing. And then I get there and what I end up doing wasn't what I thought I was going to be doing. And I didn't do as good as I thought I would do. I didn't feel coming off the stage like I was hoping that I would. And, you know, the guy who put it on, oh, that was a home run and all the rest. But I didn't feel that. And does that sort of thing happen to you as well? Or every time it's a slam dunk? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I can totally appreciate it. I think, you know, you're a professional like me. You, you have to, you have to be flexible. It's so often I, I turn up to a speaking gig. They're like, Oh, you know, you've got, you've got an hour and a half. And then, and then yeah. they come, you got 45 minutes. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Um, I mean, for me, the, uh, there's always a next level. And so I always feel like, Oh, there could be something I could have done better or this bit didn't land or so I definitely always feel like, you know, there's always a next level. But for me, I mean, the ultimate feedback is how did the audience go? And then really the ultimate, ultimate feedback is, are they wanting to do more with me? And so if they're wanting to do more with me, then that's all the feedback that I really need. 
Yeah. I mean, the ultimate outcome of it turned out exactly like I wanted, but I just walked off thinking I could have done better, man. I could have done better. It just wasn't exactly, uh, you know, there was a lot of extraneous circumstances to it, but you know, they moved the hotel at the last minute, the people oh, wow. came in and just, uh, they ate and then they had another speaker before me that kind of put them to sleep. And then I start with them at seven 30 and it's on a Tuesday. We go from seven 30 to nine, you know, when they've worked all day and just ate and listened to another speaker that put them to sleep. So it was kind of an interesting mix of things. But every time I speak in an event, it's always different. Do you notice that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the fascinating thing about, I think, being a speaker is watching the people experience your content and your IP. Because, I mean, a lot of the times you're delivering similar concepts and ideas, but it's like watching them have the ahas, watching them experience it um, is, for me, the fascinating bit. Yeah, I totally agree. So, Colin, people are, that are listening to this, they want to speak better, they want to have a bigger impact, and they want to get a hold of you. How would they get a hold of you? What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's an organization, you can just check me out at colinboyd.co. That's C-O-L-I-N-B-O-Y-D dot uh, co. Uh, I can't get the dot com because uh, there's a country singer out there <laughs> and he oh, no. won't give me the dot com. Uh, but anyway, if you want country music, go to the dot com. If you want, uh, if you want me, go to the dot co. And, um, and for those of you who are, who are our speakers or our content creators or coaches and you want to learn to speak persuasively and you want to just, you know, grab something for free and just check out kind of what I do. I think the easiest thing is just to go to um, persuasivecontentbuilder.com. So Persuasive Content Builder is, a, is a, a work process that I've built to help you to analyze your content and make it you know, triple the persuasion um, and reduce the preparation time. So persuasivecontentbuilder.com is uh, give you a bit of a taste of, of that sort of stuff and then that will get you started. That's great. Well, Colin, thank you so much for being here today. I'm going to try to rearrange my schedule, by the way, to see if I can make it. And it's in Newport, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Huntington Beach. So, hey, it's a beautiful spot. I want you there, Gary, if you can make it. I would love to come. I'm going to try and do that because I feel like I need a refresher of you, uh, by the way. Just, just talking to you right now makes me want to change whatever I got to do to be there because I, I know it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's going on another level. There's, there's been so many more distinctions even from our last, last time that we caught up. So um, loving it, Gary. That's great. Thanks again for being here, Colin. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Take care.